This show is brought to you by the Email Laundry, making email safe for your customers. Visit www.theemaillaundry.com forward slash tublog for a very special listener offer and to have your MSP's domain filtered by the Email Laundry for free. everyone, Richard Tubb here with another episode of Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants, and it's been a busy few weeks. Uh, I've just got back from the Raise Your Game Roadshow, where we visited four cities in the UK in five days, meeting MSPs in Edinburgh, Newcastle-upon-Tyne, Manchester, and London. And the goal of the tour was really to help MSPs become more profitable using vendor partnerships, developing and executing on marketing strategies, and increasing business with sales and technical strategies. The roadshow was an experiment, but the feedback we got from it was really good. And our podcast episode today uh, was recorded uh, with one of the guest speakers on those events. Uh, Andy Pope is the MD of the Consort Group, a successful collective of MSPs who are working collaboratively to leverage their strength nationally here within the UK. Andy and I sat down overlooking the pitch at Old Trafford, home of Manchester United Football Club, probably the world's most famous football team although I think Andy would disagree with that being an Arsenal fan. But uh, Andy shared some really uh, great, valuable tips, uh, really shared openly on what it takes to grow a successful IT business. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout-out to all the sponsors who made those Raise Your Game Roadshow events happen. These events aren't cheap, especially when you're touring the UK's biggest football stadiums as we did. So thank you, AVG, Epson, Infrascale, the IT marketing agency, and Tigerpore for supporting us really is appreciated. And before we jump to my interview with Andy Pope, it's sponsors I want your feedback on, dear listener. This is the 12th episode of this podcast, and it's really something I started as a labour of love. Uh, The goal behind the podcast is to allow you, the listener, to eavesdrop on conversations I have with some of the smartest and most successful people within the IT industry. Uh, I think we've achieved that. We've had some really good shows, but these shows do come at a cost. There's hosting to pay for. The edit of these shows is a cost, and with my busy schedule, there's simply no way I could do the editing for these shows without delegating it, and that costs money. So I want your feedback. I want your honest and open feedback. You'll notice that this episode features a sponsor. What are your thoughts as a listener on sponsorship for this podcast? Is it okay? Is it not okay? If you're okay with sponsorship, who would you like to hear sponsoring these shows, perhaps with special offers, special offers for you as a listener? So do me a favour and drop me an email at richard at tublog.co.uk or tweet me at tublog with your feedback. I would genuinely appreciate your feedback on the subject of sponsorship for this podcast. So with all that said, let's jump into today's episode and my interview with Andy Pope. <laughs> Hi everyone, Richard Tubb here, and today I'm joined by Andy Pope of the Consort Group. How are you doing, Andy? Not bad, thank you. Andy and I are currently on the MSP Raise Your Game uh, roadshow, uh, going to cities across the UK, and today we're here in Old Trafford, home of Manchester United, probably uh, the world's most famous football team. Well... And who are you a supporter of, Andy? Well, we're going there tomorrow to Arsenal, so uh, 
Well, there we go. There we go. You'll see the difference then. But <laughs> we, we, we've got uh, we've had good audiences of uh, MSPs, aspiring MSPs, and IT companies talking to us. Tell us a little bit more about your backgrounds within the MSP industry and what led you to being the MD of Consult Group. Hmm. Well, I came from a retail background, so um, I, I put that in at the beginning just to say that um, I kind of am able to speak to people and understand what customers want more so than from a techie background. So I came into IT from that way. And I've actually been um, the MD of uh, an MSP, as they are now, um, for the last 15 years. I've recently left them, um, set something up on my se- uh, by myself and left them to do their thing with their, um, with their owner, which is great. Um, and during that process, we um, went from, if you like, a classical, I don't call it brake fix, I call it Sweeney support. Okay, tell where, me more. Well, Sweeney, you know, the cars, the car doors open, the engine's running outside the office. As soon as the phone rings, it's down. Go, go, go. Everyone slides across the bonnet, gets in the car, and off they shoot <laughs> to remove a newspaper from a keyboard. That's actually a true story. Um, you know, when uh, one of my first days there, you know, suddenly the phone rang. Oh, there's a strange noise coming from my PC. And they were based in Newmarket, which is, you know, about a 45, 50-minute journey. For someone to go up there and literally take a newspaper off the keyboard to make the funny noise stop. Um, so there we go. That was the challenge. But yeah, so we we successfully moved them from Sweeney support to. And I was going to say for I've any asked. of our American listeners, yeah. viewers watching you who are not familiar with what Sweeney is, I'll put it in the show notes. You're in for a treat. See yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. Continue. You're Nick. <laughs> Um, so yes, we, we uh, managed to um, do the right thing and move them from uh, Sweeney uh, to managed services. Um, and during that process, we've come across there's been a lot of changes in the IT industry since then. I think the first PCs that we were putting in were either clone, build-yourself PCs, valued at roughly £1,500, £1,200, now £250. Um, and the margin's gone from that completely. Um, software again has changed an awful lot. We've gone through lots of changes and now cloud is here. Um, so the industry has changed an awful lot and we've been able to change the business to suit that as well. Mm. Tell me a bit more about the console group. So uh, loosely understood it's a, a collaboration, a, a collective of IT companies, but share yeah. a bit more. What's the benefits? Um, well, the benefits of being a member of the consult group is, is that it's a members organisation for the members. Um, So it's non-profit. Um, The idea being is it's a collaborative um, partnership between all of the members. We can all sit together and share information on technical, on sales, um, marketing. And it's a kind of non-competitive environment as well. So there's no one there really competing for anyone else's business. Um, We all get on. We all have a couple of beers and enjoy ourselves, um, which is great because you tend to get an awful lot of collaboration done the night before the board meeting, if you like. Um, And of course, it gives us one voice to go and speak to specific vendors um, who want to come and speak to us because there's 10 wise men sitting in the room. I have to say that if you're listening. Um, (laughs) And and it's good for them to actually um, pitch their services against us and our experience as well. So we we do get a lot of interest from vendors that want to come and speak to us as well. And obviously we want to speak to vendors and, and get prices down and better terms and better partnership and better collaboration with them. So it tends to work very well. And the core services around consort, things like 
marketing training, um, sales training, customer service training, um, uh, access to lots of different um, contractual uh, documentation, um, and the shared combined knowledge of a lot of techies across the country. And we do get an awful lot of, guys, I've got this, or guys, I've just discovered this um, security issue, and sharing that type of information as well, which is great. Makes a lot of sense. Clearly, lots of things have changed over the, you know, in the industry over the past few years and that. Yep. What do you think have been the biggest changes, and, and how should MSPs cope with them? Well, I think the, one of the biggest changes is the, the difference in skill sets required these days. So if you, for example, decided that all you were going to do was support Office 365 and cloud-based products, um, so therefore your clients no longer need servers, and these are broad assumptions, but uh, there's a logic behind it. Um, so therefore you don't need servers anymore. So therefore you don't need a server engineer anymore. Yep. Someone that can support Exchange. Why, why would you go to market and find, unless you've got clients that pick up this guy's salary, you know, I don't know, an exchange engineer is going to cost you uh, £25,000 per year plus. And the rest, the pretty penny, yeah. Yeah. So you've got to be delivering or you've got to be having in exchange support contracts worth 25000 plus NI plus his heat and light that he uses and everything else that sits around that. Then you've got to support, then someone else has got to look after that when he's on holiday or off sick. And it just doesn't stack up anymore. So we, we hear a lot about skill shortage, and I wonder whether actually that's the wrong question. It's a, a skill difference. Um, looking at who your workforce now is, and uh, I talk about digital migrants and digital natives. Digital natives were born with a mouse in their hand, basically. And actually, support these days is more about device support rather than server support, especially if you take the cloud model. So therefore, you need people that are friendly, um, good bedside manner, um, can go out and hold a conversation, listen for sales opportunities whilst they're there. Very important, yeah. And be able to support devices. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest difference these days is that with cloud, it does take away that whole area of IT. Now, again, through a transition, I'm not saying ditch all your server clients because someone else is going to make some serious money out of them if you do um, but just consider what happens in your business over the next four or five years and where that's going are we going to go in a cycle and go back to servers I don't think so but you know so what does that look like um, and it becomes more about bedside manner than it does about technical skills I think um, so let's talk a little bit more to that point then as an employer how do you, what do you look for in people when you recruit? Because I'm hearing that technical is probably a little bit further down that list than, mm. than people skills. Well, there's this mythical beast in the IT world, and that's a technical person that is also a really good salesman, doesn't want to get paid an awful lot, and doesn't want sales commission. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, if you know where they are, tell me. <laughs> Because, you know, from a recruitment's point of view, we can put them in lots and lots of different places. But essentially what you're after is, is you're after that, um, I personally think someone that understands business and understands what the client is going through. Now, some of that you can do by training. So from a training point of view, teach your staff about what makes a business tick. 
So what challenges do you face on a day-to-day -day basis? And so therefore they can start thinking along that lines and then applying IT to that and then looking for those solutions. Obviously you need someone with technical skills, but um, what is it? Um, recruit for attitude, train to skill. Yeah, I've um, always said myself, I'd much rather recruit somebody based on a good attitude and to train them up on the technical yeah. side because it's very difficult to hire somebody with great technical skills and teach them how to be a good person. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, McDonald's, if you take McDonald's, I've, I've heard that they're, they're a burger chain. I've never eaten in a no, McDonald's no, before. No. Bearing in mind um, our Herculean physiques, we... Absolutely, uh, yeah. Bodies are <laughs> so I've heard about this place called McDonald's and um, what they do is, is they, um, wherever you go across the country, and we've done quite a few miles over the last few days and I've seen these McDonald's on the road, um, they all have the same menu and they all have the same standard. So a cheeseburger should be the same cheeseburger whether it's in Edinburgh or North London and all the way in between. So how do they do that? Well, they've got a process for that. So in the same with your IT support, actually, can you deliver a process that says when a client comes in with a support call, we deal with it in this way. We then do this. We then do that. And actually, you can break a lot of the the skill down, um, so let me go back a step. A help desk engineer needs to know lots of different things other than just how to fix the problem. They need to know how to dial in. Um, where do I find this customer's details? Who is this person? Is he the boss or is he the cleaner? There's, so there's a lot of knowledge that is difficult to capture and difficult to train. Where if you can actually do the McDonald's and, and break it down to its lowest common denominator, you know, almost write a video chart of this is what we do. Pictograms, keep it simple. Um, that's what McDonald's do. You know, you go into McDonald's um, and if you want a cheeseburger, the burger goes on, then the piece of cheese does, this amount of sauce goes on, then the bun goes on, it's wrapped in a certain way and it's delivered in a certain time. So if you can try and make as many things in your organisation process-driven as possible, and again, PSAs and remote management tools help you do that, then... I think actually what you're looking for in a support person is slightly different and maybe slightly cheaper as well. So therefore, profit profitability-wise, that's better. Yeah. Uh, to your point, I really like the idea of sharing the business model with your staff. So many MSPs that I speak to, they tell me that the engineers um, are focused on helping the client first and foremost. And actually, that's only half the job. I mean, it's an admirable mm. trait, but you've got to help the client and be profitable yep. while you're doing it. Otherwise, there's no business there. Yep. there? So, yeah. And actually, a really good point on that. I, um, we interviewed uh, for an apprentice recently, and one of the guys come in, you ask them the, the standard questions. For a 16-year-old, it's quite, it's quite fun. Um, so what's your strengths? What, what's your weaknesses? And this guy said, my weakness is that sometimes I jump to Google too quick to find the solution. And I said, no... That's actually your strength. Yeah. In, in business, in academia, I completely understand that. But in business, actually what I want you to do is to clear that problem as quick as possible. Because, you know, the simple thing from an IT support point of view is um, I don't want you to phone me for IT support. I just want to earn money from having that service. And the customer's thinking I need value from it. So as and when I do phone, I need quick response and, and such and so forth. The idea is to get them off the phone as quick as possible and move on to the next one. And actually not even wait for the phone to ring. Using your remote management, go in and actually see what problems are and read up on issues and, and understand it, you know, and that sort of thing. And again, around that process side, sorry, um, is if you 
look at what products you sell and have a kind of a best of breed policy. So why do we have five different backup solutions in our business? Why have we got five different antivirus solutions? Why is there such a difference in hardware across the board? And try and standardise, because again it's easier to train, knowledge base wise you can share things between one. If you've fixed one on one machine and you know that, you know, let's say there's an antivirus issue where you need to tweak an exclusion on Sage, well you know 10 of your other clients have got Sage and they're using that AV, so go in and do it yeah. and sort it out. You know? And then just email the client and say, oh we've done this by the way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, That's valued. Okay, I'd like to briefly pause for a second to let you know about my new book, The IT Business Owner's Survival Guide. I'm the former owner of an IT managed service provider business myself, so I know exactly what it's like to struggle to cope with the day-to-day stresses of running an IT business. I know there are days or even weeks when you get frustrated and wonder whether it's all worth it to go it alone. I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be like that. The IT Business Owner's Survival Guide contains a collection of easy-to-digest guides and tips on how to cope with the common tasks that cause IT business owners worry and stress. If you want to learn how to save time, avoid stress, and build a successful IT business, then you don't have to do it alone. You can buy the IT Business Owner's Survival Guide from Amazon or visit itbusinesssurvivalguide.com and download the first chapter for free. That's itbusinesssurvivalguide.com. So let's pick on your experience again. Despite the fact you only look about 21, you've been in the IT industry yep. for, uh, for years and years. If you were to start an MSP again today, mm-hmm. what would you do differently? And I guess my question really is, for MSPs who are starting up in this new cloud world, yep. what advice would you give to them? I would really go for um, this trusted advisor role. Um, if you're a techie, unfortunately, people still view you as this kind of geeky person um, and actually you're okay with a screwdriver and you come up with some good pearls of wisdom all the time. But I've seen it in so many cases where I've gone in and the web designer or someone that's involved in their marketing is now starting to give them IT advice, which I thought was my domain. Mm. And actually it's good sound business advice and they don't come to me because I'm the IT guy. So we very much focused um, our new business around being the trusted advisor, being the business advisor who will help you get the most out of IT, rather than the IT guy who can help you solve some business problems. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Another key area for if you're starting a new MSP is choose what you're really good at and stick to that. Don't become this man of all people. So. Um, if what you're really good at is supporting desktops, we'll just support desktops. Don't do servers. Um, and the reason for that is, is that there's plenty of other people that you should actually look at partnering with rather than competing against in the local area. Obviously, there's a trust issue. There's all sorts of things going on. Um, but, but for me, it's about um, we do cloud. That's what we do. So if anyone wants something that isn't in that area... I'll either try and sell them my solution, or if they won't change, if they won't, they won't do what you know, we want, as it were, then we'll um, suggest they go elsewhere. Yes. yes. <laughs> so you're looking for the customers that are the right fit for yeah, your business, absolutely. and trying to bend your business model to suit to be all things yeah. to all people. Now, now that's really brave to do 
for an existing IT company. Because an existing IT company probably has two of those exchange engineers sitting there. And they've got four help desk staff. And they've got a fleet of vehicles. And they've got this and they've got that. So their overheads are very high. So to transition from they still need those capital projects and those one-off things to still carry on paying the bills. But when you start a new business, you can say, okay, well, I'm just going to grow my staff as and when I get the monthlies in to do so. And you can actually keep your costs in line with your monthly income a lot easier than transitioning through um, from one to another and that is one of always going to be the biggest challenge and that might mean you know there's going to be a cash flow issue so that's why you know getting things on direct debit or or automatic payments um, preferably up front um, is a good way of just going about and doing that sort of thing um, but yeah that's that's what I'd also do. Fantastic. I'm going to pick up on some things that you, you mentioned earlier on and this uh, actually fits in with the theme of the, the consort group you said to, for MSPs to, to focus on their core competencies and to buddy up, to team up mm-hmm. with other providers and that. Let's take that forward a little bit. So we're here at Old Trafford, home of Manchester United. We're here for the Raise Your Game Roadshow. And some of the feedback I've had from the MSPs who are in attendance today yep. is it's actually their first exposure to the idea that not every other IT company is a competitor yep. that you can collaborate why do uh, MSPs join, say, the consort group, which is a very tightly knit group of, mm-hmm. uh, of peers collaborating? What's the benefits to their business? Well, I think there's, there's different benefits. and um, The overriding benefit is what, what we class as, we, we have these core services, if you like, but the overriding benefit is that you're meeting with peers and you're able to share information in a non-competitive way. And that all sounds very grand, but it's true, and it does work. Um, and that is some of it's because geographically they're um, dispersed, but we have got a kind of a, a smattering, a cluster in the northwest. Um, and they're very careful to share information. Um, there's been many times where um, one of uh, one of the members' clients has phoned another one of the members, and there's been a tip off um, going backwards and forwards yeah. through. Um, so it's that shoulder to lean on or cry on, if you like, is is actually at the heart of it. And then that's split down into sales advice, you know, this is how we sell this. Kind of the compliance and the legal advice, you know, look, we've just spent a lot of money on this, producing this set of IT contract documentation. Does anyone else want to share it or go halves on the costs with me or whatever from there? Um, And technical skills, being able to uh, share ideas, but also pull technical resources, especially when it's product development, developing new things and new services, sharing that within the group. Um, yeah, and just that, you know, and then that voice to vendors and being able to go to vendors and saying, actually, there's now 350. Between us, we support something like 250,000 devices. So let's talk about a decent rate. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and that type of thing. But that, I see that as a secondary rather than to the first of, of that kind of peer collaboration and support between the group. Um, and the core service is things like shared marketing. So we have uh, a business talk magazine that goes out once a quarter um, to prospects or whatever, and it's aimed at that kind of thought leadership piece. Um, and it's the same that goes out to all, for all of the members, um, obviously with their own kind of contact details and um, logos and bits and pieces on there. Um, things like customer service training we share between us all and sales training and lots of other, if you like, core add-ons to it from there. But essentially, it's that peer collaboration. It's um, in our blurb. It's a member organisation for the benefit of the members. Good. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And from what yeah. I'm hearing as well, 
there's apart from the the nice to haves, the collaboration, you know, and the technical collaboration and the shared marketing. There's an impact on the bottom line, isn't there, for the yes. companies that are apart? Yeah. Clearly, so yeah, yeah. So you know, there's a membership fee, but we tend to find that um, depending on on how you have your operation uh, running um, and your kind of operational tools, that sometimes, depending on if they're the right ones that we've got the discounts with, that tends to pay the membership. Yeah, in of itself, when I said the impact on the bottom line, I'm going to presume it's a very positive impact. Absolutely, yeah. Based on lowering your cost and sharing costs. Yeah, well, just marketing, you know, if you look at the quality of the business talk that we send out, if an individual was to do that, it would cost them the same, cost us the same to do it for 10 members as it does for one member. Yeah. So, you know, it's just the print, the difference in print, which is nothing really. Um, So from that point of view, yeah, there's definitely benefits in, in belonging to the group. And also we've found that guys have been able to punch above their weight now. So they're being able to go out and have a little bit on their proposals or on their website that says we're part of the consort group. That means we have 350 engineers across the country because we have a, a kind of an inter, intercompany charge rate between, right. between the groups. So um, guys, I need someone down in Bristol um, from the company up in Stirling in Scotland, because uh, that's one of their satellite offices for one of their clients, you know the story. Um, so our member down in Fairham will go and send someone over to Bristol for that, or the one from Rex, whatever's closest. Mm. And, and, you know, there's an internal charge mechanism for that. Um, so that really helps as well to be able to go out and win new business and to tender for new business that you wouldn't typically have done before. Makes a lot of sense. And for somebody whose business was built off the back of peer collaboration, as my MSP business was, um, I would hugely encourage any MSPs, any IT companies watching this, get out there, find local user groups, yep. speak to your competitors, create a strategic alliance, speak to organisations such as CompTIA and Consort, yep. get together with your peers. You know, that old phrase, a rising tide lifts all boats, is absolutely mm. true in this case. Yeah, and, and you know, you will find that people are happy to network, so they'll go to a BNI or um, Chamber of Commerce event and, and various things like that. And so you, you already do networking, but actually look at networking within your marketplace. Um, you really don't have to compete with people. Yes, there are core services that you do compete on. Um, you don't have to share that information, but I tend to find there's enough business for for us all anyway, even if it's just servicing your own customers. If you're, if you're being aggressive and going out and trying to steal other business from elsewhere, you'll soon find out that no one wants to collaborate with you. And there are better ways of doing that. People, yeah. you know, let customers make the decision rather than you try and steal the business. And it's a fear that I often hear from IT companies who don't collaborate in that, oh, if we collaborate with somebody, they'll steal our clients. But it's a self-selecting mechanism, isn't it? Yeah. Because if they do, nobody collaborates with them yeah. anymore. So, yeah. so, you know, Clients aren't stupid. It's not like, you know, they're sheep where someone will just go in and say, oh, they're not looking, that shepherd isn't looking, come and join my flock. There tends to be a reason why they want to leave that flock in the first place. So, you know, even if someone is stealing your business, you've got to ask yourself the question, why are they stealing my business? Is it price? Is it value? Is it service? All those sorts of things. But that's for another day, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> Makes a lot of sense, and I uh, I feel as though we could talk about this all yep. day. I'm conscious of your time. We've got to get back to doing some speaking in front of audiences. Before we go, how would people who want to find out more about the consult group and to reach out to you directly, how, yep. how would they get in touch with you? So the best thing to do is go to our website, which is consort.it. Simple as that. Um, all the information you need is on there, and my contact details are on there. Um, drop me an email. Um, give me a call. And I'm happy to have a conversation and chat. 
I'll, what I'll probably do is, is point you to one of the members that are closest to you so you won't just hear it from me, you'll actually hear it from the members and see what, see what their story is and why they decided to join the group. Fantastic. Just before we go, I've got one burning question for you. Yeah. I know you're a comic book geek the same as me. So, yeah. Superman or Spider-Man, who's best and why? Well, it's easy. Superman, every time. Well, you're wrong, but we don't have time for me to tell you why that is. <laughs> <laughs> Make my Marvel every single day of the week. So. Andy, uh, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Well, I think you'll agree that has been a jam-packed episode with Andy Pope of the Consult Group. And as always, you can find the show notes featuring all the links and resources Andy and I spoke about during our interview across at my blog, www.tublog.co.uk. And you can also find the video version of my interview with Andy, along with a ton of other expert interviews over at my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rtub, that's R-T-U-B-B. And one final thing I'd like to ask is for you to perhaps take 30 seconds to jump over to iTunes to rate this podcast. I'd be very grateful for that as it helps this show get in front of more people like yourself. People like Jonathan Edwards of Integral IT who left a wonderful five-star review at iTunes for us. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that, Jonathan. Thanks so much. And I want to thank you, the listener, for joining me today. I know you've got a wide choice of podcasts that you can listen to, so I do appreciate you've chosen to spend your time listening to me. Thanks, and I hope to see you in person very soon. Okay, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors, The Email Laundry. The Email Laundry combines security services with your customer's preferred email service to give them a truly enterprise-worthy email system. Well, what does that mean? Well, as an IT business, whether your customers are using Office 365, hosted exchange, an on-site exchange server, or any other type of email solution, cloud-based email security from the email laundry is a neat and effective solution for your customer. It will block spam and virus email with an impressive catch rate. Put simply, when your customer's email server is protected behind the email laundry, they'll thank you for the security it offers them. Now, the Email Laundry are offering free email security for your own domain to all listeners to this podcast. All you have to do is to sign up for a free partner account through the special listener URL, www.theemaillaundry.com forward slash tublog. Use that link to have your own domain filtered for free for one year. And there's more to this special offer. If you bring on board 100 pay mailboxes during your first six months, the email laundry will give you your own domain for free for another 12 months. So that means two years of the email laundry service for your own domain for free. Sign up for the email laundry now using the special listener offer at www.theemaillaundry.com forward slash tublog. Hey team, this is Richard again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is MSP Insights. Now, every Tuesday, I share my thoughts on the business of IT with you, the managed service community. Thousands of managed service providers already subscribe to MSP Insights. It's easy to sign up, easy to cancel. MSP Insights is basically a short email from me every Tuesday without fail with advice on growing your IT business, plus cool resources I found, discovered, or started exploring that week. It's kind of like my diary 
diary of cool things and often includes articles or books I've read, tools I've discovered and events I think you'd be interested in, often sent to me by my friends and Tub Talk podcast guests. So if that sounds fun, a short tiny bite of MSP goodness every Tuesday and you'd like to try it out, just go to go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. That's gogo.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.